Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 236 of the Get Around Podcast. And yes, if my audio sounds better, that is because I am here in the Get Around Podcast studios for the first time in... Months. A couple of months, I would say. It has been been a while, but uh, glad to be back uh, here in uh, Traverse City and uh, in the same room as my cohorts, James Cook, our senior sports writer, and Jordan Puente. How's it going? Uh, welcome, boys. This is awesome. It's weird having three people in here. It is. I was going to say. Not, that work here, that are not. Yeah. Because sometimes you guys have four in here. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's going to be crowded I, in here when we have two more in a minute. <laughs> no. It's, well, I'm not going to be in here for that. So you guys are taking care of You guys will handle the interview. I'm going to uh, I'll, step, I'll step out and step I'll start aside. editing what we create. Uh, here in in the studio uh, beforehand. But, um, you know, this pod has a different feeling because we're coming in for the first time in 13, 14 weeks with a St. Francis loss. Uh, And we'll get get into that a a lot later. It's weird. Um, But I will say this. I'm legitimately bummed out. And I know sure. we'll talk about our our feelings, and we'll you know we'll we'll all go around the room and talk therapy about sessions and a nice group therapy session as as we're going we're going through all uh, through this loss together. Um, but yeah, we uh, had an eventful fall sports season, and uh, we'll wrap that up and look forward to the winter sports season, which is uh, officially underway. Uh, we're getting close to. Girls basketball starting tonight here on Monday. We've got boys basketball starting uh, this week and next week, and uh, a lot of good things coming up here uh, at the Record Eagle in Traverse City in northern Michigan. And um, I will say this as we turn the page, I am also going to turn the page and put the Lake Bears campaign on ice. I tried. No one's listening. No one cares. It's hibernating for the winter. Hibernating I, for the winter. I care. Yes, uh, the lake bears are hibernating for the winter. James, what happened to the lake? James, that is that is why I love James because he just he makes those perfect connections and like it's just the simplest joke, but it's perfect and it works and I appreciate it and I love it. We are still, of course, hoping for the manistee manatees. Uh, for those uh, who haven't yet. Uh, please go to chipslead.org backslash mascot and fight for the manatees. Suggest the manatees. That's what we want. Everybody, I'm sure that, I'm sure what Manistee definitely wants are, are a bunch of people from Traverse City deciding what their mascot's going to be. Yeah. I, think they're really, I bet they're ha- really happy about that. They're like, you know what would be fun for you guys to have? A big, fat, aquatic mammal. As your mascot, what do you think? You guys yeah. want you guys want to be a big a big herbivore. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys? How does that sound? How does that sound? You guys want to be the manatees? It's intimidating, the but it the sounds s- great. Yeah, it has cows. a great it's a, sound to it. It's a unique yeah. name. Yeah, the manatee manatees. I love it. It's different. Um, the great thing is, is that the uh, the form at at Chips League at Chips Lead is uh, anonymous. They don't ask you for your name or an email address or anything, or even where town you're from. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to so say. It I gave mine away last week when I told them <laughs> what I had put in. <laughs> but uh, the it's rest okay. of you will be completely anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah. So, again, Chips Lead, uh, Chips, C-H-I-P-S, uh, dot org, backslash mascot. 
But the one thing that we're not going to put on ice, the one thing that will not be put into hibernation, uh, we're going to keep playing the area code game. Hibernation. Uh, and uh, we will do that. Uh, 236, uh, I cannot remember what it was that we picked uh, for those. You wrote them down right here, James? Yep. Uh, so I had New oh. York for, oh, 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. You had Battle Creek for Battle Creek. Mm-hmm. And then you had Pennsylvania for Bachmeyer. Okay. Which is I'm um, still watching. All right. Who show. wants to – I, I can look it up here uh, real quick and see what it was. The 236 area code, U.S. Oh, my God. Is it Michigan? Oh. I don't think it is. No. No, no way. it is the entire Canadian province of British Columbia. Anyone close? You should have gone with Letterkenny again. Oh, you're you get. close. I Pennsylvania. So, yeah, it looks like, yep, 236 is um, <coughs> located in the Pacific si- time zone. It looks like, yeah, British. So we're all way uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the closest, wins. though? Last week, everybody won. This week, nobody wins. Nobody Actually, wins. no. Like, I can't. Oh, did you win last week? Did yes, my first win? time oh, in a long time. Right. I gave you that's the win got off for, a course. Uh, Farmington. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Okay, we then we, we should, will. Uh, we should say if we're if we're off by more than like two hundred miles, you can't win okay. or something, okay. Okay. something yeah, like that. A, some that's kind of a radius. Like let's that. be within a certain radius. Two fifty. Like uh, yeah, you know, let's let's add let's add uh, rules to this ridiculous game. <laughs> we, we're gonna keep because that's what kids do. Is uh, that they, yeah, man. they change the rules on you. All right, so let's go uh, two three seven. Uh, who wants to start for uh, what TV show? I can get us started. I know it's not gonna work, but this is really the only TV show that I've been watching as of late because. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, the Black Friday deals on streaming services. Oh, tell me fantastic. you tell me you hopped on the uh, H. Which, uh, there's a Hulu one too. The, the Hulu plus HBO. Yeah, Hulu. HBO. It, was like, it was like five bucks a month. The Hulu, oh, Hulu, Hulu and Hulu. Disney Plus. Yeah, it's like a dollar ninety nine. It's like a dollar. It was great. Yeah. I was like, yeah, jumping mm-hmm. on that. I've already ha- I already have the uh, the HBO Max, so I'm all good there. Cool. And then Paramount Plus. Yes. For an entire year, it was twenty five bucks. And I was like, "That's a steal." Yeah, let's do that. What do they let's have though? So, well, they I have, wanted they to have watch. The, they have the Star Trek Yellowstone, stuff, right? Yeah, they have Picard. Yellowstone. Um, but the other, the one that I really want to watch, which, which is the one which that I already watched. Don't ask me why <laughs> or how. <laughs> Did I guess it? I yeah. Go ahead. What what do you? Did think? I guess? Oh, I thought I guessed it. I thought oh. I guessed yours. What? what? No, I started watching, oh. uh, <laughs> which is set in the fictional town of Kingstown, Michigan. Oh my goodness! I started watching Mayor of Kingstown with uh, with Jeremy Renner. That's a great show, and uh, have quite enjoyed it so far. And while I am pretty sure the two three seven area code is indeed not in Michigan, not um, as far as I know, worth mentioning. Yeah, uh, I'm still going to go with that and uh, concede the loss right here already. Hey, it's okay, dude. So, all right, who wants to go next? Worth mentioning. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Florida man. Oh my goodness! Uh, just Florida, just but I always love the term Florida man. Uh, for Miami Vice. Oh, nice! Oh, okay, Are you going back go. and watching the old eighties or, or the? I haven't been, but when I was a kid, that was like appointment watching. Yes, I heard there's a good show. Yeah. That and oh, that reminds me of another one that I could do next week: Dukes of Hazard. Oh, nice. Okay, he already has his list. What town is that in? You know what? If, if we're gonna go, if we're gonna go like old school shows, then I, I'll retract my Mayor of Kingston and I'll, I'll hold that off. And let's let's find out where the Rockford Files was set. Oh, it was California. Oh. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like um, San Diego or something. Like, cause Santiago? he because li- he lived in a trailer on the beach. Santiago. Rockford Files is an American detective drama uh, starring James Garner, 
portrays Los Angeles-based private investigator LA. Jim okay. Rockford. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to go, I'll go Rockford Files this week. Um, okay. Because there was nothing I loved more. That was a great show. Than um, being a kid and jumping on my dad's lap at like 11 o'clock at night and Ooh. watching uh, an episode of Rockford Files and falling asleep. It's one of my favorite memories that I, I have of uh, me and my awesome. dad when I was a, a, a young little boy. So, and that theme song is iconic. But okay, so yeah, that it is. You're yeah. going with Miami Vice. I'm going Rockford Files. Uh, both of those shows are far older than. Uh, I don't Jordan. even. I know. Like, I'm know just sitting hell, here. Like know what the hell we're I know about. Miami Vice. Obviously, never heard of Rockford Files. No, no never. You'd recognize the theme song, though. I bet you, if you heard it. Yeah. Probably. You know what? Let's. I'm gonna grab my phone while while you give yours. We're gonna. I'll. I'll pull it out. And well, I had a few, but. <clears throat> I'm just gonna stick with the. I, I feel like someone had done, done did this one already, but I just worth bringing back because I feel like dab, dabbling in it again. Uh, El Paso, Tech, El Paso, no, Albuquerque, New Mexico. So you're going Breaking Bad? Yeah, I gotta bring it back one more time. Okay, okay. I think we did do that one once. Uh, yeah, that's but fine. Yes. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's okay. But as far as that theme song goes for the show that you selected, Brendan, curious. That is awesome. Remember this at all? No, but I am really vibing to this right now, though. <laughs> Throw some shades on. Throw a leather jacket on. Just walk down a park just playing this. Just, yeah. 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 Jim Jim Rockford, like, I, he was the personification of cool. That's, uh, that song is, yeah, wow. All right. All right. Well, awesome. here we go. We've got it, we've got it locked down. Uh, Breaking Bad, Miami Vice, and the Rockford Files. So uh, we'll find out next week what uh, the 237 area code is. Is. is but uh let's let's get into the pulse we'll uh we'll bring down the uh the joy that is uh in the room right now and take it down um yeah i i'm wondering how you guys are feeling i it, i wrote an article uh, a column shortly after uh the loss um i think the michigan and ohio state game was was still in the first half um when i when i wrapped it up and it was just kind of a stream of consciousness thing, you know. I was just, just writing how I felt, and you know, I had taken notes throughout the game, and yeah, there I, I was kind of in the middle of early on putting the bones together for a championship column, and and how great it was, um, and then the fourth quarter happened, and you know, as as I said, I felt that that pit in my stomach grow deeper and wider and you know the pang in my chest uh, get get sharper um and i i was surprised by how much i was actually affected by it like i was really uh i was really bummed out um and uh hurting for those kids and for the fans uh and for the coaches for the families and everybody there how did you guys feel um as that that game progressed james you want to go first well, and you get to go to after the game. I mean, the the press conference was was really somber. I mean, you could tell the players were very emotional in the locker room. Um, some of them still emotional in the in the press conference. Um, and uh, as happens a lot of time, they didn't want to talk a whole lot. <laughs> but uh, which is pretty common after you've just lost an emotionally draining game. 
Um, so obviously it was incredibly emotional for those kids. And, uh, you know, it's after the game or towards in the fourth quarter, you know, um, John Ross from the MHSA came up to me and he's like, when was the last time St. Francis gave up a double digit lead in the fourth quarter? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously never this season. I mean, it's, it's been a long time. So, I mean, it, yeah, that fourth quarter was surprising. It was one of those things where it's kind of like a soccer game where one team is outplaying the other one, but not scoring. And you can kind of just see that the other team is just going to get one run and score a goal. That's such a Sound perfect analogy like. because we saw that happen at the Elk Rapids TC Christian game. 50 seconds. TC Christian was outplaying oh. Elk Rapids uh, for a good portion of that yeah. and had the lead. And then Elk Rapids came back and scored two goals in the final two minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that happening in <laughs> high school soccer a lot, where one team is just peppering the other team. But they it's can't, not they, easy but to close out a no, win. But they can't score a goal. And then and the other team just gets one counter, and that's it. And it was kind of that way with this game. I mean, they had a two-touchdown lead and everything, but it just seemed like that second half that they, they really ran out of gas. Yeah, that was... Uh, First half was so exciting. I mean, personally, my whole experience is completely different because I feel like both of you guys have been reporters at Ford Field. You've gone to Ford Field before. Like, we got to witness Ford, like a team at Ford Field. I've never have. I've never been inside Ford Field. I've never got to obviously cover a team at Ford Field. So my whole experience was completely different than probably James's. It was, I would say. It was a unique experience because I was the same way. I wanted that team to win. I went. I showed up rooting for a school that I've only known for a few months. Like I just moved here, and all of a sudden I'm gravitated towards St. Francis, and I'm talking to all my families about St. Francis, and like all season, like oh St. Francis, St. Francis, St. Francis. My mom even asked about St. Francis, so it's it's gotten to that point. And after the second half, you can kind of sense. Something was going to happen. You don't know what it was, but you can sense something was going to happen. Because St. Francis obviously wasn't playing the type of game that we've all predicted they were going to play. Like, the high scoring, oh, they're going to blow Lumi Christie out, that type of game. And it felt very, like, eerie at towards, like, the third quarter. And once you hit the fourth quarter, that's when things started to shift. And my cousin felt it, too, because he was, like, what, what, isn't, aren't they supposed to score? I'm like, yeah, dude. And they kept showing the players on the Jumbotron. And you can see their facial expressions. They look burnt. Like, they look burnt out. Like, now Sadis, he kind of just looked frustrated because he couldn't hit anyone, like, as he's throwing it. And it just didn't look the same. And after the game ended, obviously, the outcome was the outcome. I just sat there, and I just looked around. And I was like, wow, like, this is... It felt unreal, like kind of. You just described everything that I felt, and the first thing I, the first thing I looked at my cousin, I was like, honestly, they were on the ups. Like, they got there. They did what they needed to do. Most teams in the whole tribe, the whole northern Michigan area, wasn't there. So, yeah, the loss part is gonna hurt for for a while, but no other team got to that point. Point. No other team did what they were able to do throughout the season. So, my takeaway from all of this was. Honestly, like, what do you have to, uh, yeah, the loss sucks, but what do you, like, have to be down about? Because no one else, no one else played like you guys all season. And it, we can t- 
talk about it all throughout the pod, but... I think I it's going to take a while for them to get that perspective. Oh, yeah. Oh, 1,000%. That, that loss will hurt... <clears throat> for a while. For, it'll hurt forever. Yeah. But the, they'll, they'll gain the perspective, and they'll understand that more and more. What's going to... What hurts so much is having that lead. Oh, they had it. It's so close. And uh, as sports writers... And having the opportunities to have a bigger bigger lead. Bigger lead. Yes. You know... um, That wouldn't have been... And... Oh, yeah. yeah. There are certainly some things that didn't go their way. But they also... They had the chances to make their own breaks. That pass interference penalty down the middle of the field... That was not pass interference. Thank you. That was not pass interference. Yes. The, that, that was called. Not even Not, not even, even close. close. It was the same. The one, one called on Jackson? The one that was called, yes. Yes. Because yeah. TC. Even I, even, I, even I, during the game, I tweeted out, I'm like, that seems like a pretty ticky-tack call, yeah, no? That, yes. That was not <coughs> pass interference. It was, I mean, he play, He did exactly what Wyatt and did on, uh, on that first one. That, were, the first one that wasn't yeah. called. He did exactly the same thing. And played it exactly the same way. There's no way that should have been called for pass interference. However, okay, that didn't lose them the game. No. Okay, it didn't help, right? Yeah. And it kind of said it was kind of the it nudged that snowball that started to roll, and as it got bigger and bigger and bigger, Lumia yeah, started. it led to more and more things, right? But St. Francis needed to be the one that knocked that rolling snowball down off the side of the off the side of the hill, and it, it, it just didn't happen. But that was such a big call that they did and not convert on that uh, two point conversion. Yeah, they that did was not get in. That was another terrible call. Yeah, and the only one that I'm not sure of because I didn't even see it too well on Wasn't TV there? was where they spotted on on the uh, the fourth down. That's what it was. But to me, it looked like. They got it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that I think they got. The two-point conversion, I thought it was pretty clear It was that he did not get clear. in. That's the one they reviewed, and, right? And they, they ruled it. That one. And okay. I'm like, okay, did they rule it that he fumbled before he hit the ground? And then they were kept. You can't fumble Yeah, you can't fumble it forward. And then there was a clear recovery in the end zone. I'm like, did, I'm like, did they rule that? But then, no. In the press box, it, or in the box score, it says Joe Lather's run. Yeah. On the conversion, it's not that the offensive lineman wasn't even recovered. Close. He wasn't yeah, he was close. a good yard short. Yeah, man. So, and in the know, end, so that, that two point didn't matter because they lost by three. Yeah, yeah. but still. but but, st- but they convert either. You know, they if they the the first touchdown they score. You know, there was a a, a snap that was not perfect, and then oh, yeah. and Wyatt bobbled it a little uh-huh. bit and then picked it up and tried to throw. Yeah. So you had that you had that miss point, and then that led to them having to try for two on the second one. Yeah. So if you just make the extra points in those. And then they have the missed field goal from Ty Martin check to yeah. Yeah. yeah which um which I heard was blocked I I, I couldn't I thought he I couldn't missed. tell no he got way under it okay yeah okay because I saw I think it was Danielle from nine and ten said that it was blocked and no, I'm, like, I'm like okay she's Ty way closer got, you know, she's even, way closer even than even I people was. around me were like I think he blocked it I was like I think he blocked it too like we just couldn't no it tell. looked like he just he got way under it and it just. He, you know, almost hit like a, mm-hmm. a yeah. pitch shot with a sixty-degree wedge. Yeah, and that <laughs> one, of the, shot. one of the interesting things that Herb Brogan said in the press conference afterwards was about going for it on fourth down oh. late in the game, ball to where they got to the point where they could run the clock off. Yeah, and he said that he was much more comfortable in that situation with what had gone on earlier in the game, running the ball, even if they don't get it, than punting. Because one of the times that they had punted earlier in the game, oh. Joey Donahue came within about two inches of blocking that thing. Yeah. And 
he's just like, you know, we hadn't punted him well all day. You know, we Donahue almost blocked that one. He's like, so a punt block in that situation is horrible. Even if we don't get it, I think that's better than the chance of blocking it. And, th- and then they got it. There's, there's a lot. There's, there's a lot to dissect about this game. But, again, they'll, they'll remember this for all, forever. So Yeah, and, so. and players players hate that second-place trophy. I can tell. But I over the years, so. over the years, that'll become a, a sense of pride that we were – they were one of the we were the second-best team in the whole state. Yeah. So speaking of that, get, getting to that, we, we talked uh, for so much during the regular season and now uh, during the postseason as well. We, we would come in here uh, every Monday and talk about what a dominating team the St. Francis team was and how impressive they were and what are they the greatest uh, football team in St. Francis football history? Are they one of the greatest teams uh, across all sports in northern Michigan history? All of that, right? We were talking about that legacy that they were leaving. Yeah. But now they've lost. They didn't win a state championship. So what is this team's legacy now? You know, how will they be remembered? Mm-hmm. I, I think had they won that game, I think they definitely would have been considered one of, if not the best, St. Francis teams in school history. I, I still think it depends on, I guess, how you want to look at it. You know, I think that they, in the end, were a victim of their own success in that they, I think they got tired in the fourth quarter because oh. they had, n- nobody had played in the fourth quarter for weeks. Um, so, because they didn't need to. They were destroying good opponents. I was thinking about that. For so much, you know, and and I don't know that there's a way to fix that because how do you get a more competitive schedule than what St. Francis did? Right. It's not like they were playing cupcakes and beating them 72 to nothing. They were playing top 10 ranked teams and destroying them 63 to nothing. Um, so it's... I mean, still... Yeah. It, I would think it was still... I mean, you just mentioned they played top 10 teams all throughout the season. Yeah. It's impressive. To, that is impressive to do. Like, I don't care what anyone says. That mm-hmm. is immensely impressive. Like, you got to give them something. Like, that's... Yeah. It's hard to do. I don't know if any St. Francis team in the past have come close to what they were able to do. Like, mm-hmm. probably went to the state. They, I know previous St. Francis teams have lost, but does that same road that previous St. Francis team compare to what this current St. Francis team have? I'm going to say no just because I got to win this, this one. So I would say, like, it's up there. It's probably one of the best St. Francis teams. I think they're the best team to not win it. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what their legacy legacy will be. They will yeah. they will go down as the best team in Northern Michigan sports to have not won the championship. Yeah, and while that is a <sighs> not a great consolation prize, no. it is it does say something about just how incredible uh, they really were. Because we can go back and and look at the the, the teams we look at. Traverse City Central last year. year. Same thing. They got there. They didn't win. Cadillac. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cadillac a couple years can, ago. You can go outside of football and uh, go to Buckley in, in back-to-back years uh, as being you know that boys' basketball team not winning it uh, as one of the greats. Their, their soccer team, uh, the Leland soccer teams that have gone far and, and, and haven't made it. Oh, well, There's so many. We've had so many in northern <coughs> Michigan reach the precipice but it seems that it has been so long 
since one has actually won it, gone through uh, and, and won it. Our, our good pal over at uh, Seven and Four Sports Director uh, Harrison Beebe was telling me that in his, um, I think now twelve year career uh, over at Seven and Four, wow. he has never covered a state championship win. I was going to ask you, James. Wow. I asked you. Well, uh, you would have covered our last one, which was Central Lake. Yes, I've. I covered, mean, a major in a major team sport. I've covered one. The <laughs> aside from aside from cross country and skiing, yeah, we don't have a, a major team sport win since Central Lake, and then all the way back to St. Francis in '09, and then in the 2000s you have St. Francis winning multiples, Kingsley football winning one, and Central Hockey winning one. Huh. Um, but so like the two thousands was the wow. heyday. Mm-hmm. Wow. <clears throat> and you know, th- we've been getting teams from up here have been making that trip yep. on a regular basis and knocking on that door. I mean, you, you got, you have Leland in volleyball who's made the other, I guess it would ex- be the exception to that rule. That's won multiple state titles. But aside from that, I mean, it's been a lot of going to Breslin and and heartbreak. Yeah. And a lot of going and to Ford Field and heartbreak. And, and seeing tears. Yeah. 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 I mean, we saw Sutton's Bay experience it three years in a row uh, in mm-hmm. A-player football. So um, looking, at, looking ahead now, what does the future hold for this St. Francis football program now that with, with the players that they're going to lose? We, we saw what they had last year. I mean, Charlie Peterson, their quarterback, ended up being our male athlete of, of the year, and then they come back uh, and, and do what they did this year with Wyatt Nasadis, uh under center. They they won't have Wyatt next year. Um, wow. What is what does it look like uh, for St. Francis? I mean, it's a team every single year uh, it, that just seems to get it done, especially with Josh Sellers. That that guy knows how to coach. Yeah, it is on the surface. Looking at it from the out, if you're looking at it from the outside as somebody who doesn't watch St. Francis from year to year, you're going to say that the cupboard is going to be bare next year because they graduate almost every starter. Uh, the only starters that they had that were not seniors this year were Tommy Richardson on the defensive line, who I love by the way he pl- I, the uh, way he plays, it, yeah. it's awesome. Brian Rylson on the defensive line, and then one of their other good defensive linemen in Warren Asher. That's it. Wow. Two juniors and one sophomore. That's that's the only non-seniors that they had that played significant snaps on offense or defense this wow. year in close games. But that was kind of the same thing with last year's team. I mean, they Nasadis started and two or three of the two or three of the offensive linemen and a couple of players here or there, but not much. I mean, St. Francis does a really good job of developing their kids behind the starters. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So I, I don't expect them to suddenly not be good <laughs> next season. And those three guys they have back on the defensive line, that gives you an immediate strength to build around. Do you, does this feel for you guys, does this feel like a 2.0 of TC Central again? Like you guys have experienced this last year. You guys are back doing the same thing this year. Does it feel the same or does it feel different? I wasn't sure about Central going against Warren De La Salle okay. uh, last season. And they were, there, they were there this year. I felt so confident. <laughs> uh, I felt so confident 
uh, going into uh, Saturday morning's game where I was like, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to watch them win a state championship. This is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt confident for three quarters and eight seconds. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Lathers broke off that 18-yard TD <laughs> run, raised his hand in the air, and I went, Oh, my gosh. Uh-oh. Oh, my. Oh, mm-hmm. no. No, please. So, stop, stop it yeah, it, it's – I don't know. But I will I will say this. I am already looking forward to next football yeah, season. Yeah, same. So. Same. Cool. All right, uh, we'll move on to uh, winter sports now and close the book on the fall sports season, uh, which isn't exactly completely closed. Uh, as the uh, over the next couple of weeks, uh, keep a lookout in the weekend editions of the Record Eagle for our remaining uh, dream teams and players of the year that will be announced for golf, soccer, volleyball, and football, which will be the last one released on December 18th. Um, and we'll be arguing about that on a podcast here uh, in in a uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, so, but let's let's look at what is underway right now, and that is hockey. Hockey has uh, has started. We're uh, a few games into the season, and let's talk about the Bay Reps. They're good because they are. They're good. Atomic. I didn't realize right how good they were. Nuclear. Wow. Right now, in terms of scoring, uh, they have. Uh, won their last three. Yeah. They scored twenty-five goals. Yeah. Uh, and the and the last two they haven't even had to play uh, full games because they got mercies uh, after two periods with a ten-one win over Wyandotte uh, Roosevelt and a nine-to-one win. Wyandotte. Uh, Wyandotte. Yeah. Wyandotte. <laughs> over. That's an awesome <laughs> name, dude. That that is an awesome name, Wyandotte. Like, okay, um, I'm gonna stop. Over over Wyandotte Roosevelt, uh, and then Big Rapids. Big Rapids uh, on Saturday. Thanks for chiming in there, Jordan. I was trying to go off memory, uh, I got you. and um, yeah. So uh, I, I've got a, a couple of them up for uh, athlete of the week uh, a little <laughs> bit later here. Um, but yeah, 25 goals in three games is uh, pretty crazy. Uh, over the weekend, in those uh, those two wins, they had three players uh, with hat tricks, one with a natural hat trick, and we'll mention him during the uh, the, the get around Hall of Fame. But um, yeah, this this Bay Reps team, w- what do we think about basically firing out of the gate and going, yeah, let's have fun and, and light the lamp uh, thirty thousand times before uh, we really get the season underway. And you know what? I will have to I have to add this though. What's insane? Like, yeah, they can score so many goals, but they have players in the St. Francis team not even playing. So they're doing it without yeah. their goalie. Two two key players, yeah. Exactly. That's impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah, and Garrett Hathaway and Drew Hardy. Yeah. So, yeah, your starting goalie, Andrew Hath- or Garrett Hathaway, <laughs> and then a good power forward who adds a lot of physicality to your team and Drew Hardy. So here's the question, though. does Do these results kind of say... Well, they should be in Division One, or is this this schedule kind of outside uh, of uh, of their division? There's, you know, who they're playing doesn't really matter. They're just going to be that dominant. I think it's more of yeah, hockey. Hockey tends to be a little more close uh, from a competition standpoint, from division to division, than sports say like football and basketball, right? And stuff where playing up and down a division is not that big of a deal 
Um, but, I mean, they are playing in Division Three this year in the playoffs, which is a totally new thing for them with the new uh, kind of odd playoff system that they decided to add this year uh, with sp- kind of splitting the one school and the co-op which clearly schools has differently. ruffled some feathers of people who didn't uh, realize that happened and uh, weren't paying attention. When you were writing about that story, uh, <laughs> there were some people who were like, why is this happening? And, you know, like I said, a little upset, but that's not, it's yeah. not our fault. We can't do anything about it. Yeah, no, so. we can't. <laughs> Just like when we wrote the story about how uh, – the MHSA was still was mulling over just letting everybody in the football playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People were like, why would they do this? It's like, it's not our fault. I'm like, we we're, yeah, we'll this, stop this shooting the messenger. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't make this policy. <laughs> we don't make the rules, man. This is message rules. But <clears throat> um, I was going to say, because I did ask the coach about switching divisions. It's, it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, we'll play what we play. But once we hit playoffs, that's a whole new game. They're, playing team they probably haven't faced before so that should be very interesting um obviously you guys have seen them a lot longer um is this an impressive start compared to the past few seasons or is this like a we you guys are used to this if they were playing uh, like uh you know peewee teams we we would you know obviously kind of hold back uh, on what we're doing but they're playing high school teams yeah and they're playing good teams yeah okay you know hockey is the sport where it's a lot like soccer where it's haves and have nots right and not a lot in between yeah and they're playing solid programs right you've got the passion programs and then you have the programs yeah and you know the reps are definitely a passion program oh yeah uh, for sure uh, y- you look at the 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 two uh, the two other Traverse City teams in, in Traverse City West and, and Traverse uh, City Central. Central uh, won their first and then tied the next two, uh, and and West is off to an zero and two start. But uh, I do need to to mention the goalie from Traverse City West, and that is is Mason West. He's he's doing it again, James. I don't know if you've seen, um, but that that kid is standing on his head again and turning away. 30 plus shots a game uh, mm-hmm. for, for the for the Titans and we he was yeah he was incredible last 30? year he uh yeah he he uh, saved he made 33 saves in his in his first game um and we, I mean we, we had him oh, in man. the conversation for hockey player of the year last year uh by the end yeah, of it he's and, and that was and and he finished uh, as as a goalie he finished with only with a, a 6 8 and 1 record but he also had a 92% Whoa. Save percentage, uh, yeah. and his goals against were, you know, only inflated because of how many shots he was seeing and, and what was going on. The kids, he's doing it again, and he's going to do it again all season. And it'd be nice if West could just save him from having so many bruises. <laughs> he had <has> seventy-five <laughs> saves this far in two games. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> that's wow. a lot. It's a lot, dude. So he made forty-two in the second game. Uh, so right now, according to the player stats total, he had he had seventy five, and so yeah, the he had game the first game forty two the second. My goodness! So he had yeah he had forty he had forty against East Grand Rapids the second game, and in the first game he had thirty five. Okay, wow, wow, that is I'm you, that kid, man, yeah. I even He's, asked about him to the new coach. He's, he was telling me. He, to some high praises for the kid. Well-deserved, obviously. Our next campaign should be <clears throat> that if you have the name of a 
if you if your name is that of a certain school in the area that you should just be able to go there yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh you know because like we have athletes named leland and buckley yep and (laughs) stuff so it's like if your name matches the school name or mascot you should just be able to go there if you want go away skirt the rules west's west Yep. Cole so West, goalkeeper from Elks, go to TC West. But yeah, it, it'll be it'll be it'll be a, a fun uh, hockey season, no doubt. Especially following these uh, these three teams, uh, along with uh, Cadillac Petoskey, who's uh, going to be in town on Wednesday, uh, defending their first Big North champ, uh, Big North Conference championship <coughs> ever uh, in program history that they got last year. Uh, we've got Cadillac and Gaylord, the Lakeshore Badgers uh, down in Manistee as well. So uh, lots of good hockey action coming up, uh, and then. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to take next week off of the podcast, but we'll we'll get into a, a basketball conversation and uh, argue about the uh, the football uh, dream team and player of the year coming up uh, as well. But we will uh, get back into conversation about Traverse City St. Francis and their championship loss on Saturday, uh, as James and Jordan spoke with John Hagelstein and Tommy Richardson earlier this evening. is happy to bring in Traverse City St. Francis football players John Hagelstein and, and uh, Tommy Richardson. Sorry, uh, I always try to flub this up. Like this first intro thing is always the worst thing that I am at. Uh, but you guys went down to Ford Field this weekend, didn't get the result that you wanted, obviously, but had to just been still a heck of an experience to do this again for a second time mm-hmm. for you. Uh, just tell me about the experience and, and just getting up in the morning and going to Ford Field and other things that you had to do in the morning and how, how that was. So it was two completely different experiences from my sophomore year and this year, uh, obviously because of COVID. And I feel like our sophomore year, it was just, there was nobody there. Everything was like you had to wear a mask here, you had to wear a mask there, you were only allowed to be here at a certain point and whatnot. And you just didn't get that feeling when you were there, like, just last Saturday, it was like you walk in and, like, music's playing, people are there, and everything's going, and it's just sweet, and it's like you're coming into a professional stadium. So I just embraced it all when I could, but then once it was, like, time for the game, it's just, like, you and the field and your teammates. So it's like you embrace it when you can, but then you got to focus focus it up and just rein in on, like, the fact that you're playing a state championship game. So... It was definitely cool, two different experiences, but it was definitely a lot cooler this time just with the fans and how everything went. But mm-hmm. love you. Tommy, was it your first experience going there, or did you go uh, two years ago as well? Uh, no, that was actually two years ago I was a freshman, so that was my first time being there. And something I, I really appreciated that they did. It was really cool. Um, we got down there Friday evening, and so we stopped in to watch the first half of the Division Six football finals. And I've I've never been in a big stadium like that before, and so walking in and just sitting in the stands, like I was I was literally shaking with excitement. Like I was so it was crazy to be there. Like so many fans, and just to be in a space that 
big with so many people and like the opportunities we had presented was really really cool but I think going there that evening before sort of let me get all like the excitement out and then going in that next morning it was it was all business so you know that was really cool to have that experience of being both a fan and a player at the same time okay let me ask you this because you've already played so the nerves probably were a little bit different compared to the first game to the second game for you you got all the excitement out but was this was there at least like some jitters at all because you're playing a ford field that's that's the sport field honestly not really i was the night before in the morning of i was kind of nervous but once we got to the field there's just a familiarity and there's the muscle memory okay. there and it's like this is my team my brothers like yeah. in my mind it didn't really register as any different than any other game we had played you know like all the games it all just comes down to playing your best and it doesn't really matter where it happens yeah. or who it's against like you just got to play your game what about you because two different experiences obviously you played there a couple years ago now you're back any any different yeah so i mean you get the pregame jitters like every week and i feel like especially when we were going there once like we beat new lorthrop i was like oh my gosh like this is for real so i guess i had kind of pregame jitters you could say throughout the week but once it was like probably Wednesday, they were all gone, and it was more like we got to focus up, we got a task at hand. So it was definitely not as bad once we got there, but it's still, I mean, Ford Field enclosed, like it's a sweet place to be. So I mean, <laughs> there were definitely jitters there, but not as much. How trippy was it to watch the Lions play on Thursday, and then you guys are playing it two days after the Lions were just on that field? Yeah, I like mean, that had been kind of cool. To like, it was crazy that like you're thinking about it, and we got there Friday, so it was literally like the, the day Lions after. literally just played. Yeah, they were just there, so it was like if you look at the field, and you're like, wow, Josh Allen was right there, and exactly. Stephon Diggs caught that ball for the game-winning field goal. It's <laughs> like that's all right in front of me, so it's kind of cool uh, to know that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still just Big. you in the field, so you gotta get familiar with it. And I think going. Friday night was definitely a huge help because, I mean, yeah. walking out of the tunnel, it's just huge. So I feel like going that Friday night, you get that first walk out of the tunnel, and you're like, okay, this is cool. And then the next time you do it, you're like, all right, I'm focused. So. Nice. Mm. Nice. And then on Friday afternoon, you went to CMU, right? Did it a little bit of a practice there. Yeah. At least that was the plan. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was cool, too. I mean, I went there for a camp in the summer, and – we got to go in the indoor facility. It was actually raining during the camp, so we got to go in there and do some routes. But it was cool experience. I mean, I never been in CMU's locker rooms or anything like that, and I didn't realize how big the place is and all the tunnels they got. But that was definitely a cool experience. It was pretty hot, I will say, in the practice um, standpoint. It was just it was blazing in there. But it was I was expecting it to be hotter when we got to Ford. Because, you know, we were practicing in the resort to, like, get ourselves familiar with the heat. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we got to CMU, it was like, holy smokes, this is really hot. And then when we got to Ford, I mean, it was it was warm, but it wasn't as bad as CMU. CMU was pretty hot. Was there a difference from the last game you played to this one as far as, like, the heat, I guess, inside Ford Field? I mean, last yeah. time I didn't even touch the field as a sophomore. Okay. I was just there for the experience. I was yeah. a call-up. But I'd say... In warm-ups, I feel, felt like I was sweating in 2020. Like, I was sweating. But this time, I mean, you got a good sweat, but you're also, like, 
more prepared. You've been practicing in the resort, and I mean, I was getting more reps, obviously, this year yeah. than I was my sophomore year. Yeah. So, I mean, running around in the resort and getting your body used to the heat is a lot easier to go for that transition. What about you? I was going to say, something that was big at the resort is we were playing in their governor's hall, which is completely carpeted. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're playing the defensive line, like, to avoid getting tons of rug burns. I was wearing long sleeves. I was wearing long sleeves for all of our indoor practices. And so it was sweltering in the resort. It was really hot. Um, Then traveling down to CMU, it was still pretty warm. It was warmer than it had been at the resort, but then also lost the sleeves because we were playing on turf again. And then finally being at Ford, I can agree with John. Like it was definitely cooler than the first two temperature wise, but it was still, you know, kind of an odd experience having never played inside before. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought a bunch of you guys were wearing hoodies at the practices at, at the resort to get used to the temperature, <laughs> to make it warmer, Yeah, not just the avoiding rug burns part. Yeah, it, w- it was definitely dual purpose. It was, you know, part protection and then part acclimation, just getting used to it and mm-hmm. being ready to, you know, fight in these sort of conditions. Yeah. Well, Tommy, being one of only seven juniors on the team, uh, how many guys did you did you bring more guys than normal to this game, or the JV players than normal to kind of maybe get them acclimated? Because a lot of those guys are going to have to play some roles next year, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I mean, especially compared to last year when there were only eight JV call ups, myself included, with the other juniors this year who we lost one um, to CrossFit of all sports, but you know. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot more. Uh, all of the sophomores were called up this year, and then I think four of the freshmen were called up this year just to get that sort of experience and that sort of mindset because practicing and being with the varsity is so much different than being with the JV. And I think, honestly, one of the reasons we were so successful as a team this year is the hardest team I've ever had to play a game against, including the state final, was by my own team doing scrimmages against them and working with them like that was the hardest competition I've ever had in football was against my own teammates Mm -hmm. so you know definitely having that experience of being a call-up last year and then this year and all the guys we brought with us it definitely helps getting prepared for next year and the years to come Mm -hmm. how much of a of a foundation of the team are those seven juniors going to be next year I mean you've got you and Brian Rileson are the the two who play a lot Um, but aside from that who else is going to kind of fill into some of those spots Really hoping uh, Mason Daziak's going to step up. He's looking to be a really probably one of our starting tight ends next year, we hope. Um, ben Stallman, he had a really big role on our JV team playing Mike Linebacker, and, you know, he's a very physical kid, very large, and, you know, he can be very aggressive when he needs to be. And so we're kind of hoping to – we didn't really have a good position for him this year, but we're hoping that he can fill in a couple different roles next year. So i definitely say those two are, you know – definitely pretty high on the list of things to look for mm-hmm. and then maybe what warren asher was about the only sophomore that was up this year right i say warren he got pulled up like game four i think but charlie olivier harrison shepherd and uh, eli bigger all got pulled up at the start of the season as sophomores and they were all very you know influential in our play style uh eli would often go in with our starting offense and they had some plays that you know he was specifically a part of you know harrison was very he's pretty crucial on our defense and he Mm -hmm. also was our secondary uh halfback for the offense um and then warren you know obviously stepped up played a lot on the d line and then secondary o line so you know a lot of great things from these guys Okay. I heard somebody say that Warren can do a standing backflip. He can, yeah. Whoa. 
He's very at, impressive. Like, at like what, 240? Or so something. I think he's like 230? 220, 225, 230, okay. something like that. But I remember it was my his freshman year, my sophomore year last year. Um, and the moment I realized, holy cow, this kid is crazy. Um, we were all in our weight room downstairs. And towards the end of the season, like as kind of a joke, a couple of the seniors had put uh, five pound, or five plates each on a hex bar deadlift. And we're just trying to like see who could lift it. And, like, some of the seniors could, some of them couldn't, and Warren just walked up out of nowhere and just picked it up, set it down, did a backflip, and I was like, holy cow, this kid is on something crazy. Like, five-plate deadlift, you know, and then a backflip to follow. I was like, okay, he's someone to watch out for. Five-plate backflip. That is crazy. And do you see this in person? Uh, so what, were the, what was the locker room situation at Ford Field? They didn't put you in the Lions locker room, obviously, right? Yeah, so the locker room was again the two experiences that i had um sophomore year i was in a much smaller like the tech cruise locker room which was like literally probably 15 lockers and i shared it with like 10 other sophomore pull-ups and it was kind of like that was completely separate from the main locker room and then this year we had an actual kind of football locker room and it wasn't i mean nothing special you get your own locker i mean and a chair um but, you know, just typical locker, nothing special. I mean, you get a whiteboard, showers, and some bathrooms. So, I mean, nothing crazy. But you did have to take kind of a walk to get there. Um, at half, we did, it took probably two minutes just to get back to the locker room. I mean, it's a good walk uh, through the tunnel and then up mm-hmm. to the left and back. And you're like, all of a sudden, you're like lost. <laughs> but, um, I mean, nothing's crazy, but... Just regular locker room. Mm-hmm. That yeah, the whole behind the scenes thing at Ford Field is crazy. It is it is a maze mm-hmm. underneath there and everything. For the for the media, I mean, they have this way up. We're on the seventh floor, so we have to go, uh, what like a a little like one minute walk to the elevators, mm-hmm. then go from the seventh floor to the basement, and then kind of wind around, and it, like I've been, I think I've covered like five or six finals there now, and it's taken me. Like, this is the first time I felt comfortable with being able to find where the media room was. <laughs> it's, wow. It's just everything mm-hmm. winds around, nothing's straight. Right. And everything. And then, yeah, it's just kind of crazy back in there. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think people realize how much lower the field is than, like, ground level. Because that tunnel, it goes down quite a bit before you get to the field. So, I mean, I don't know how what the field level is compared to, like, ground level with the city. But... <laughs> I feel like it's pretty far down there for yeah, sure. It's sloped definitely more than you think. Mm-hmm. I imagine walking, I mean, you get to walk on the carpet with cleats. Mm-hmm. They have the carpeted section for yeah. the players. <laughs> so I do this thing with the Lions where they pick the coach of the week and everything. So I vote on that. And then they, they bring us down for a game and we do like the halftime presentation and stuff like that. So I'm like walking down that and they don't let us go on the carpet because it's a halftime. So the players are walking on the carpet. So the, the coaches and the people who are on the panel have to walk on the regular concrete. <laughs> and, it is, and we're in dress shoes, mm. <laughs> walking on this thing, and I'm just always worried about just biting it and just, just slipping and just... That would just be embarrassing as heck. But, <laughs> yeah, that, that tunnel is pretty angled down. Mm-hmm. And then uh. to have the players from the, other, from the Lions and what other team walking up that tunnel at the same time that you're walking down you're just like holy crap these guys are gigantic human beings <laughs> Gee. like even the punters like 
dwarf you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else was cool stood out for you guys about the whole experience of the the finals? I mean, it's the game itself. Once the game starts, does it just kind of turn off and it's just like another game, or is it hard to block that out? Um, for me personally, I tried to block it out right away. I mean you do realize that you're on camera. Like, sometimes I did look up, and I was, like, watching myself, and I'm, like, moving my arm, and I see my arm move. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. Uh, but it's, like, you try you try to block it out as much as you can because it's, like, you're playing for a state title. And I don't think – it didn't get to me being on the field and having this, like, crazy experience. But, like, you just got to zone in and know what's at hand. And uh, I think we handled it pretty well. Nobody was, like, too crazy about, like, the screens and how big it, the stadium was. But, um, I mean, just once you get going, your adrenaline's going, you're thinking about the game, your assignment and stuff like that. So it's, like, you try to zone it out as much as you can. But, like, sometimes, like I said, I looked up at the screen and saw myself. It's big. It's, yeah, for sure. It's I never realized how big that Jumbotron was. Mm-hmm. My first time ever being in Ford Field uh, ever. Like, I've... They were very interesting stadium, say the least. Yeah, the first thing I realized was how massive that jumpers round was for players on the field, especially for you because this that was your second game. Any how how did you react like when you walk up and you see yourself on probably the biggest screen that yourself would be displayed on? How any reaction to that? I mean, it was very, very odd at first. I mean, like I said, like going down the night before definitely helped to be able to see it and see another team play and watch them on a screen, you know. But like John said, it was weird kind of walking in and then like I waved my hand and <laughs> I waved back to myself on the screen. I was like, holy cow, like that's crazy. Um, something I thought was useful was oftentimes they replayed plays on the big screen okay so i was gonna I ask mid game i was like, gonna ask about that i could see like oh i did that wrong or i need to work on that or this guy's going here and so it was i found it a little bit easier to sort of correct myself on certain mistakes during the middle of the game just by being able to look up and then see myself play yeah how different is that for you guys because i know some schools they have an actual television on the sideline i did you guys have that at all during the season we never had a television or anything. Uh, the coaches all have, you know, a few of them have iPads, and they sort of get the plays as they happen. Um, and so oftentimes what will happen is if a coach sees something that really needs to be addressed or that they really like, they can come up to the player with the iPad and say, slow it down, reverse it, highlight it, be like, this was good, you need to do that better. And so normally a coach has to, like, seek you out and sort of, give that to you deliberately so it was kind of nice to have that just sort of automatically there and you could sort of self-diagnose you know what was going on what was working what wasn't wow. and i think at least for me that definitely helped sort of influence the way i was playing during the game yeah mm-hmm. thought about that <clears throat> sorry john just talk a little bit about your game that you had i mean i've You've had a bunch of good games and everything like that but that probably had to be one of your best games i think right I mean, yeah you had 13 tackles Two interceptions? Uh, I and, think and, and I only they, had one. I know They list you in the box scores having both of them. Yeah, I think they gave two, one man. of there was Jack's two. to mine, or one of Jack's interceptions okay. to me. But I did, I only had one, at least that I okay. remember. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, um, it was definitely a memorable game. Uh, I wanted to leave it all out there, and for the most part I feel like I did. But, I mean, my 
tackle record, I guess, is 15 against Benzie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 13 is right up there. And I just – I I feel like I got a nose for the ball, so it's like whatever I can do to help. And I feel like moving to linebacker definitely helps with that. Um, you kind of get to, like, read the play more and go make a play instead of sitting at DN and, like, whether it comes to your side or not, you don't really have that choice. But at linebacker, you get to read the play and go make a play. So um, definitely fun to be able to do that, but it probably was a memorable game, and I do feel like I played pretty well for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, same with the interception. I mean, I've never had one throughout my career. And then the last three weeks of playoffs, I get two of them. So it's kind of special, but um, definitely fun, fun time. But I will miss playing, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then with the game plan on offense even was a little bit different. You got two carries. Which yeah. I haven't seen you get two carries in a game before. Uh-huh. So that was uh, one of our plays that we installed week eight, I want to say. And it was after it was after the Sioux when I got the kick return, and I took it, I think, 30 yards or f- something like that. No. I just picked it up and ran, and they're like, all right, we'll give you a play. So <laughs> uh, it was fun. I kind of earned that play, but it was definitely fun to get the ball. I didn't do too much. I wanted to do take it to the house but i got i think <laughs> five yards or something uh we ran against country day too so that was fun i mean i haven't gotten a handoff since middle school but it was definitely fun to get that in the state championship game mm-hmm. are you looking at the coaches this year saying hey i'm only you only have seven juniors coming back you're gonna put me on offense uh yeah i played starting fullback for jv uh, mm-hmm. last year and then i was our secondary fullback this year behind joey um, which is obviously very big shoes to fill. Um, but I've sort of – I was quarterback in seventh grade, and I didn't really like that, so I moved to halfback and did that for a couple of years and then tried fullback last year, and it worked out. So I'm not too particular. Just wherever the coaches think they can use me best, so I'll end up going. But I'm excited to put in work in the off season and hoping that it you know pays off come around summertime. So. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And the first time around, you guys played Lumen Christie, and you had one of the big plays at the end of the game, where uh, I think they were they were trying to come back get a score to tie it, and uh, I think it was you and Drew Hardy who got sacks on like back to back plays to kind of seal the win for you guys. Um, what was different about playing them a second time? Um, How different were they from week two to fourteen? Monumentally different. It was, you know, it was the same Jackson Lumen Christie team. You know, same same guys, same sort of style of playing. But I feel like a lot of our success as an offense and a defense relies on an element of surprise. Like, you know, we don't run a lot of trick plays, but just coming out right out the gate at the start of the game and just hitting people as fast, as hard as we can, going no huddle, running a ton of plays really quickly. Like, normally that catches teams off guard, and it's because of that that we're able to score normally very early on in the first quarter just because of that sort of tenacity and that ability to get at it right out of the start. And so playing Lumen Christie as a team who had not only experienced that but had time to now watch more film from our later games in the season and have already had experience playing against that, like that element of surprise was sort of negated. And so it was. I think that definitely made it a lot harder because they were very, as a team, and then individually prepared for – what Wyatt could do, what Joey could do, what John could do, what our defense could do. Like, they were very 
sort of tuned into all the nuances of our team. And so I think that definitely made it a lot more difficult to play this time around. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Especially as they have a coach that has been around for 43 years. I imagine he knows his way around. There's quite a few things. I was going to say, yeah. Playing a team a second time and what to do. 43 years of experience, you know, you lose to a team once, you make sure that doesn't happen yeah, again. Yeah, you're so. not going to have that happen again. Yeah, 43 they, they years? 42 40, years? 43 years. He's won 10 state titles. Oh, I looked at the guy after the game. Okay, got this it. I didn't realize. 12. He's won 10 of them. And I think so basically he's... 13 we- trips. So, like, when he goes to the state finals, <laughs> he wow. wins. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't know what that says about him or if it's just... How it works out, but I mean that's a pretty darn good winning percentage right. that you don't see with a lot of people. No, but uh, I do want to ask one thing though for you. This is obviously it was pretty sad, obviously. Um, but what was what 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 were the best moments for you over the past four seasons? Because I know it's it, we're going down a little sentimental here, but I gotta ask, man, because. What, what were they? Like, what were your, some of your best moments that you will forever remember? Um, geez, starting probably freshman year, I didn't do too much. I was actually kind of a bench warmer, to be honest. I didn't play on the offense or defense all that much. I was on kickoff. That was about it. So, I mean, freshman to sophomore year, uh, I had high hopes of, like, kind of transforming my body and making sure that I do have playing time. And um, I guess... Probably sophomore year, one of the memorable moments was beating Kingsley after we lost to him my freshman year. And then, you know, junior year, going 9-0, and the 8-0 and versus 8-0 against Kingsley again at their place. You know, they had the cross-country team run the ball in, and it was, like, super cool experience. And to win there, and I had a couple big catches in that game too. So to win there, that was definitely another cool experience. Uh, this year... Going to Lumen Christie and beating them there, that was a ton of fun. I mean, obviously they got us the second time. But um, going there was fun to beat them. And then just bringing in new opponents like Country Day. And, I mean, we wanted Flint Beecher, but we got Lawton. I mean, we spanked Lawton. And so it's just like it's fun to bring in these new teams and experience different, like, I guess, styles of play around the state. Um but also, I guess Ishpeming, when I bring up styles of play, when they had the two-quarterback situation, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like fun to remember those games that were just like kind of special. I mean, you just remember the different offenses and the different way the like players react and how they play. So it's just, I'd say this season was definitely the most memorable, starting on both sides of the ball, being on every single special teams. It was super fun. Um, I mean, some people kind of down look the fact that like oh you have to play on every single special teams but i mean when i look at it it's like you get to go make a play so yeah i mean yes it's tiring but when you're out there you get the chance you get the opportunity that someone else doesn't get to have and you're like all right let's make the best of it so it was definitely a fun season i mean super proud of how our team performed i mean looking into the season before we even started i mean just looking at our schedule, it's like holy smokes! Like we got a yeah, season ahead of us. Yeah, that has to that come to play. Like once you guys get your schedule, you see all these teams like Lumi Christie, Country Day, all these other teams, and you go undefeated the the whole regular season. You guys went undefeated the regular season, mm-hmm. and then to dominate, continue, and then 
to end the season the way you guys ended. If you guys were to, if I were to ask you guys in the summer back at Thorby Field, hey, you guys are gonna go undefeated. You guys are gonna go to the state finals. You would have told me what. I would have been like, uh, I would probably said. I mean, I don't know. I know that's that's, that's, that's a, a that's hard a thing to to actually I, look at and be like, you know what, man, you know, we're gonna go undefeated. We're gonna spank every single team in in the finals, and we're gonna want to be in a Ford Field, but to not have the outcome we guys had, we're gonna do all those things. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is hard. At Francis, yeah, I mean, it's an expectation, but to do it is a totally different thing. So I mean, you look at the schedule and you think. Like, if you told me we were going undefeated, I'd be like, I mean, it's I hope possible. So. Like, I hope so. <laughs> but, like, to put in the work and, and do to it. do, like, yeah, that. do it, it's like, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, and then even our playoff run, I mean, I mean, playing Benzie was, playing Benzie twice was yeah. kind of hard. I mean, it's just, that was the kind of downfall that I was looking towards uh, when we played Lumen Christie in the finals. It's like, I mean, I remember how we played against Benzie when we played him twice. So, it's kind of like. A little concerning because it's hard. It's always hard to play a team twice. I mean, they're always going to be two different teams, but it's always hard to play a team twice. Mm-hmm. So, I guess even in our playoff run, though, like Ithaca, who's known to beat us, we just took it oh, to them right from the start. So that was impressive, and I'm super proud of our guys for like playing the way we did. And then same with New Lorthrop. I mean, going to the finals two years ago, and they just spanked us in the first half, but I mean, we fought and fought and came right back in that game, and unfortunately we fell short. But that was also kind of like a redefined team. I mean, we just, right from the opening kick, I mean, took it to the house. And, I mean, right from there, it was just like we were going. And that's like super fun to watch the team just absolutely dominate throughout every team we played. And, uh, I mean, bringing teams like Country Day up, and it's like you know they got – big guys a big offensive line and they got some power backs and stuff like that and to just dominate it was just unreal so super proud of the team i don't know if you guys know this or not but at the end of the new lothrop game uh their coach you know addressed the team like coaches normally do and everything and then the players started walking away and he just took a step step away and put his hands on his knees and just started bawling wow I mean, I've, I've never seen that happen before with the, with the head coach just doing that. But, I mean, you guys were probably down with the same thing, listening to Coach Sellers mm-hmm. talk in the end zone or anything like that. But I was just like, wow. Because he's a coach who's there a oh, lot, wow. too. Right. He was another one of those powerhouses mm-hmm. and stuff. So that was just something that really stood out to me after that game. But, but he made the opposing coach cry. Yeah, that's something special, I guess you could say. But <laughs> I do want to ask you, though. So last year you said you were on JV, correct? Yeah, so yes, now I you, was. You get bought up. You have this probably movie-like experience, going undefeated, smashing every single team you guys played. What was that experience like for you? I mean, it's, like you said, kind of dreamlike where, you know, we, we work hard all summer and, we do a lot of conditioners and a lot of exercise, and the coaches, Coach Sellers always says, he's a very big fan of saying, like, you put in the hard work now, like the work you put in that other teams aren't doing, that's what's going to make you win. Yeah. And so you just you say, okay, you put your head down, you just keep running. Um, but to have that pay off and have it go, you know, 1-0, 2-0, all of a sudden we've won five games, now we're up to p- perfect regular season. Like, 
it was I have so much respect and just trust in this team that we had where it's like they I even going into the state final where it might have been maybe a little overconfidence on my part but like I the thought hadn't crossed my mind that we would lose that game like it I almost selfishly had been planning out like Instagram captions or like what I would say to people like how I would accept congratulations like I I had no doubt in my mind that we would win that state final and go 14-0 and and undefeated and just over the season of my freshman year I had a back injury and I didn't I think I played six plays the entire season and then working in the off season and starting JV last year and then having the chance to start on varsity this year was just all crazy and then to just continue winning it's mm-hmm. like there's nothing there's nothing better than that like the goal of the goal of playing a sport you know when it comes down to it is like hang out with your friends make good memories and win games so i asked him what he learned over his past four years now you got bought up what did you learn this year um I think specifically playing nose guard, uh, it's normally a role reserved for a bit of a bigger kid, you know, (laughs) so trying to figure out, you know, watching YouTube videos and it's, you know, who do you watch? Just anything I could get my hands on, but it's always 300 pound guys and how to play. And so to have to kind of invent my own sort of play style to play this position that I was working for, you know, that was something that took a lot of practice but working with the guys on my team definitely made me a lot better. And so playing fast, playing low, like that was just things I had to capitalize on that I could do that some of my other teammates couldn't. So, mm-hmm. Well, being one of the juniors is coming back for next year. Does this season change the expectations? I mean, do you have, with, especially considering how much you guys are losing as far as how many seniors and how much of the lineup you guys are losing, what is the expectation next season? At the sort of towards the midpoint of this season, um, there were a couple of moments where I'd be talking to guys and I'd be like, we have to win the state championship this year because there's no shot we'll win it next year. Like losing the seniors and a bunch of great guys, like this was sort of in my brain like the one chance we got. But having seen the growth of a lot of my fellow juniors and then some of the call-ups, just like I have a lot more confidence about next year you know, going into the next season than I did during the middle of the season because people have made tremendous growth. And you can you can tell when a person decides, like, okay, I'm going to work, I'm going to be good, and we're going to make this thing work. And so I'm really excited to have seen that fire lit within a few people and just sort of see how it plays out into the next season. Mm-hmm. So next year it could be kind of the uh, you guys surprise people as far as a lot of people maybe not expecting you guys to be as good as you were this year, whereas this year I think – People were surprised by just how bad you were beating <laughs> yeah. the, the toughest schedule that St. Francis has ever had, I think, probably historically. That's, you know, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. There was one day where I expressed sort of my, not fear, but just like worry about next year to Coach Ledka. And I was like, you know, what are we going to do next year when, you know, we lose all these great guys? And he looked at me and he said, you know, it only takes one point to win a game. You know, we've been winning 63-0, you know, 53-8, to like these crazy blowout scores with all these great plays and great catches and great runs and special teams and defensive plays. And, you know, while all of that's phenomenal and it's great that we were able to utilize that and capitalize that and make some great memories, um, you only need to win by one point. So if we – even if we do – 
lose some great guys, I'm confident that next year we'll be able to put in the work and the guys will work hard enough to, you know, we'll be able to win games. It might not be by as much, but I'm confident in their tenacity and their confidence and their ability to go out there and perform. All right, question. Hold on, real quick. So you said you were planning out everything, right? Did you plan out um, what song you were listening to before heading into Port Field? Was that something you planned out too? Not exactly. Um, There's this one album... It's from the Glass Animals, it's oh. their band, and so yeah, I would always just sort of listen through that album that's sort of just like, it's not exactly like pump-up music, but the way I like to play football is I tend to get overexcited or over-jittery, and so that would always just kind of help, like, kind of calm me down a little bit, and so I always, for me, it was always better to go into a game, like, completely calm than just sort of hyped up on adrenaline and, you know, big music, and so... A lot of, especially because it was the morning there, just like the drive, just sort of, I just kind of closed my eyes and just kind of sat there. I didn't listen to any music on the way in. I was just like trying to focus myself, just kind of trying to steal my nerves and then, you know, making it in to Ford Field. They had their own music playing. So then with that, just trying to stay focused on, you know, our game and just warming up for what we thought would be a great, you know, great state championship win. Same thing for you. Are you, what type of, so he's a... Yeah, Glass House, Animal House, Glass House. Why oh, am I thinking Animal House? I'm thinking of a movie. Holy smokes! What type of you? What t- what's your playlist? I mean, you have basketball too. So is yeah. it is it the same? Is it different? Not even close. Yeah. Not no. even close. Yeah. Two, Are they two different ones? Two different kind of. So like what type blue. of music is football? What type of music is basketball? I mean, <laughs> go to for football is uh, like dreams and nightmares. Like I'm going. Meek Mill. Yep, I'm yeah. going like listen to that like that gets you going every time so that's definitely my go-to for football and then basketball it's always like little baby or something i always love i always love asking players what type of music they listen to because i obviously know all of this stuff i love asking you do you know who these are do you know who meek mill is okay cool I like, yeah, okay, cool. I love ass. I always love that because they do that to me. They did it earlier in the pod when you, they obviously the listeners are listening. They know that. Asked him if he knew what Miami Vice was. <laughs> there you go. See, so, so it's always like, okay, let's see how, let's see how in tune they are. You know what I mean? So obviously I know a little baby. Obviously, yeah, so cool. That's dope. Um, One last question. How's the basketball team going to be there you this go. year? You That's what I was going to ask. You, Wyatt, Joey, Drew back for the most part mm-hmm. guys who played a lot last season yeah who else is going to be uh key contributors for you for a team that lost uh some pretty good role players from last year's team um henry reinick he's gonna be mm-hmm. on yeah. like super good so he's gonna be great um owen somerville he's filling in that role he's been on varsity for three years so he knows how it goes um i know he didn't get too much time last year but he's gonna be a huge role this year um, Harrison Shepard, he's coming up, so he's going to be another huge role. Even though he's a sophomore, he's a great athlete. So, I mean, we got we don't have crazy depth. Um, we don't have crazy size. I mean, you got me and Wyatt and Joey and Drew, but, I mean, none of us are like 6'8 or something like most teams have that one big guy. I mean, I'm pretty tall myself, but when you go down state and you're – I mean, we had to play uh, brother – or not – Brother Rice, uh, UD Jesuit. I mean, they're all their starting lineup is all six five, and I mean their point guards like probably six one or something. But then the rest of their guys are just huge. So it's like we don't have that crazy size, but I mean 
we can handle our own. So a lot of small ball. Yeah, yeah. but I think we'll be mm-hmm. able to, I guess, stand our own. We'll be just fine. I'm not worried about us playing anyone. Um, I think we'll be able to compete with anyone that steps on the court with us. Uh, we got Kennewell Hills coming up. We got uh, Detroit Cast Tech that we're playing at home. So we got Canton. I mean, we got these big schools, big teams, and I'm just I'm excited to play them. I mean, it's good competition. So, and I think we're going down to Grand Haven uh, for that tournament again. So it should be a fun season. Um, should be high scoring games, hopefully. Um, but I have total high expectations. You've already switched your whole mentality. Like you went from state finals to Monday, you were full on telling us a rundown of a schedule. Yeah, like I mean. You- You've thought I've thought about this throughout my whole, I mean, elementary yeah. up until now. I mean, you always think about like, oh, what are we gonna do our junior senior year? Because that's kind of like the years that yeah. you get to control the varsity. I mean, last year we fell short in semis for football, and I mean, that's when I, I mean, I knew coming into that season. I mean, junior senior year, that's gonna be good years for football. I mean, we got a good class. I mean, we'll have lost starters, so I mean. Falling short last year in the semis was tough because I knew we had a high-caliber team. And then, obviously, losing to Benzie in basketball, that was just tough, too, because I know we had talent with Adam and Cole and Charlie. So it's just it's just like we had a lot of talent. We just fell short in certain areas. But um, this year, it's like our seniors, like, we control the team. Like, we are that leader group. So, I mean, we made it to Ford. We didn't get what we wanted. We fell just short. Um, but getting to forward was special. And, I mean, we had a great season, like a historical season, like you said. So, I mean, that was great. I mean, it was always a dream to play in the state championship. I mean, I wish we could have won it, but things happen. So I kind of have a high expectation. I mean, I've already thought about how we're going to be for football this year and how we're going to be for basketball. I know we got me, Joey, Wyatt, and Henry and Drew, I mean, We've all had starting spots on the basketball team, so I mean, I feel like we'll be just fine, and we have plenty of competition to go against, and we'll be just fine. So, how excited are you to start like your first game? Obviously, because you haven't. It's kind of sad. I mean, driving past Thurlby just to come here. I mean, it's looking at it, and you're like, "Wow, I'm done with football." So, I mean. It's kind of sad to move on so quick. I mean, we were just playing on Saturday, and now I got practice on Monday. So you practicing indoors though, like you don't have to go outside and deal with the cold, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that got to be a plus, right? Yeah, like, but it's yeah, just, I know. Yeah, it's quick transformation. It is a quick transformation. But do you yeah. hope you get Benzie in districts? Ooh. Um, Ooh. I'd love to get some revenge on him, but Yo, I guess we did kind of. Let's go take it to him in football the first time around and we let him stick around in the second time but that shouldn't have happened and we all know we kind of took him easy and they got a lot better and so I guess they kind of jumped the gun and I mean yes it was a close game for the second time around but I think I just we didn't play our greatest and I think we know we didn't play our greatest but um I'm I, if we play them in the districts again I'd love to beat them. I mean, they beat us last year, so I'd love to beat them this year. They are going to clip this and definitely remember this. Yep, probably. That game was pretty epic. Let up, though. It was crazy environment. I mean, Glen Lake Gym's not crazy big, but it was 
super loud the whole game. So it was cool experience, but uh, I'd like to be back in districts again, but winning this time. So respect, respect. Well, thank you guys for both taking some time out of your day, joining us, and uh, and best of luck in everything in the future. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having us. No, thank you, boys. No, yeah, it's been great. Thanks again to Tommy and John for joining James and Jordan here in the Get Around Podcast Studio. As always, the Get Around is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's has two locations in Traverse City. They make subs that are freaky fresh. They do it freaky fast because they're Jimmy John's. Freak, yeah. Yay. All right, uh, Get Around Hall of Fame time. Um, this is, I'm not even going to really put this up for a vote. Uh, we're going to put the entire uh, Traverse City St. Francis team. Uh, they are now, the 2022 St. Francis team is enshrined into the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan uh, as your Division Seven uh, State Finals uh, runners-up. And as as much as that hurts, and I know it does, uh, it's uh, sure as hell uh, much better than not making the playoffs or going home uh, after round. after Week Ten. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'll recognize as well. Uh, some of the players from the Bay Reps uh, for what they did, uh, scoring those 25 goals in three games. Special shout-out to uh, John Hawkins for the single-period natural hat-trick, which is uh, Never not an of. easy thing to do. Never heard that. Uh, scoring three goals in the third period of the Reps' 9-1 victory over Big Rapids on Saturday. And then uh, a shout-out to the uh, the Ethans, Ethan Coleman and uh, Ethan Agelski. Uh, they had hat-tricks in the Reps' uh, 10-1 win over a Wyandotte Rosenvelt. Uh, on Friday. Thanks for the uh, correct pronunciation uh, on that one, James. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Uh, congratulations to all of those. You are, now, boys. you are now inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. Said, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. All right. Wrap it up with uh, our happy endings and the things that made us happy uh, in sports and in outside of sports from uh, the last week. So, I'll get us started. Uh, favorite thing uh, in sports uh, from the last week, I, I think it was just Saturday. Saturday was just a, a good day of sports. Um, you know, it was tough seeing St. Francis lose, but it was really fun to watch them in a state championship game, and it was an exciting game. Uh, you had Michigan uh, beat the Tar out of Ohio State, and uh, that certainly was fun to watch. From so much fun. Because uh, nobody outside of Ohio State likes Ohio State. No. So... Not even I people mean, from know, my I home. I don't know how the Michigan State people feel about Michigan that that game. I don't know who they, I, I don't know I, who I, they root for. My cousin goes I think to they, Michigan. I, I don't know. It, it's kind of it's a mixed bag because they hate both of them. Yes. So somebody's going to lose. So there's a little. I think there's a little bit of a joy regardless of which way the game goes. Irregardless, I think it's. I think that's the right word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that was my favorite thing. I just I, I enjoyed uh, watching some football. Uh, uh, on Saturday, uh, Jordan, what was your your favorite thing? Oh my goodness! Okay, um, I would, I still can't get over this, but USC actually beat Notre Dame. I can't believe it. It's been a while. We've been horrible for the past few seasons, and this year we're back. LSU lost, which is awesome because now we're going to be probably sneaking in number four. Who loser of the Ohio State Michigan game really impacted us. So now that one of those teams is going to be out, we're going to be in. All we need to do is one our. Uh, state or conference and we're going to be playing in new year's 
for the college football playoffs, which no one thought would be possible. And you have the front runner for the Heisman now. And we have a Heisman Trophy winner, which has not happened since Reggie Bush. I, c- I can tell he's excited. And that's oh, I, that's why I'm wearing my USC hat right now. Favorite, his favorite thing. James, your favorite thing in sports this week. The, the, yeah, the Michigan-Ohio State thing was pretty awesome. Yeah. There was people... The, the guy that was next to me on press row was trying to not watch the game <laughs> intentionally because I think he was recording it at home. Oh. And so they had half the TVs that are on above us are on the high school game, the St. Francis game, and then the other half are on the, the Michigan game. But you have to actually look up to oh. see these TVs. So he had done a pretty good job of not watching the game and everything. And then I, at one point, was looking up, and it was when – uh, Edwards broke one of his, I think it was the 75-yard yeah, touchdown. Yeah, 75-yarder. And I just started going, oh, my. <laughs> and, I, and I said something, and, ga- and and he reflexively looked up. <laughs> and, oh, ruined the guy. And it kind of <laughs> it ruined him for it a little bit, but you could see that he was also relieved in seeing what the score was. Oh, nice. And, and so that was just kind of kind awesome. awesome. Um, and then Michigan planting the flag the Michigan flag and the Ohio State in the middle of the O on the field after the game. Oh. And if you watch the uh, the video, the replay video of that, Ryan Hayes is like right there. Oh, yeah. nice! During it, he's oh, not he's one of the guy who he's not the guy who plants it, but he's like right there and celebrating and right around the flag. And uh, that's awesome. So that was that was pretty awesome. All right, very good. Uh, okay, uh, favorite thing outside of sports from the last week. Uh, th- this one's pretty easy for me. Uh, I-, I think it is. Just uh, getting to spend some time uh, with the family uh, last week and see my nephews and, um, you know, just kind of have everybody uh, together. Um, That's the nice thing about this time of the year is uh, you get that. And it's something that I think now we we no longer take for granted because we had that period where we just didn't see each other. But but now we've got it. uh, And... That was definitely my, my favorite thing and was certainly thankful for that in, in um, kind of. Uh, yeah. I'm definitely same Z's. The holiday. Because <laughs> uh, I got to meet my my uh, grandniece and grandnephew for the first time. Uh, my, my niece and nephew are in the process of adopting a pair of kids um, that, awesome. are, that are six and eight years old. Um, so we got to meet them for the first time. And uh, so so that was cool over the whole Thanksgiving day where we had 15 people crammed in one house <laughs> over, like, three tables. Oh. Yeah. Me flashbacks. They can get crowded, but, man, I can't. I, I, I love a crowded house around the holidays. Same. It is mm-hmm. just like, oh, this is so nice. Jordan, uh, your favorite thing outside. Um, so I got to go down and visit some family who I have not seen probably since probably 2010, 2009. Wow. Because that was actually the last holiday I spent in Michigan, um, so it was cool. Like all the cousins that I'm close with, were all grown up. It was really surreal. Some were taller than me, which is obviously which is which what happens. But that was awesome. And then my uncle pulled me aside and asked what I wanted for my graduation gift. Because I graduate college in a couple weeks, and I told him, I, "I know, trust me, it's a long road, and we will be celebrating." Once that world is finished. and But he asked me, he's like, yeah, what do you want for your graduation gift? And I'm like, honestly, I, there's only one thing from you that I would love. And he grew up with the owner of the Cavs, Dan Gilbert. 
they're best friends. This kid name dropping in here. All right. I know, I know. And so <laughs> he, uh, I asked him, I was like, all right, man, I want to go to a Cavs game. He's like, all right, done. And I looked at my cousin. I was like, which game are we going to? He's like, just figure it out, and we'll go to a game. We are going in a few weeks to uh, Dallas Mavericks versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what, like I said, he is close with the owner. It entails owner's box, floor seats, the whole nine. And uh, that's my, my grad gift, and I cannot wait. Like, I'm trying not to be way too excited right now, but very amped. Very well, bummed. glad you get the chance to do that. Thanks, uh, man. And uh, glad you guys had uh, a good week. I want to take a moment here and, and thank both of you so much uh, for your work during the fall sports season. Uh, everything uh, that you guys did uh, was great. You made my job as difficult and stressful uh, as it certainly is. Uh, it wasn't <coughs> sorry. as difficult or stressful uh, because of uh, how good you guys are at your job and, and, and really helping uh, things along the way. So I uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, with that, we will wrap up episode 236 of the Get Around podcast. Uh, it has been another good one, uh, and always appreciate you guys. I'll say it again. Uh, thanks to our Audible viewers as well. Uh, but for now, that will wrap things up until, uh, well, we'll see you guys back in a couple of weeks. We'll take next week off, and we'll come back uh, better than ever, and then probably take another couple of weeks off uh, for the holidays and get started uh, really going in 2023. Uh, but for now, as I said, uh, I've been your host, Brandon Queeley, alongside me, James Cook, and Jordan Puente. Episode 236 of the Get Around Podcast is in the books. Mm-hmm.